Thank you for listening to or watching another episode of SNTR Presents. This is going to be my talk about the Beyond Light technical updates that are coming in November. If you're listening to this on iTunes, Google Play, Spotify, or you're watching the past broadcast, you can always catch me live at SayNoToRage.com. Those are for the live streams. Monday through Friday, we're streaming during the day. We love to see people come in to the YouTube channel. You can click subscribe and the bell button so you don't miss these. If you're looking for the VIP or the Q&A sessions, they are linked below, either as a timestamp or a members-only video. So, this is really kind of heavy sledding. I want to say on the outset, a lot of people are like, you were right, Lono, you were right, it's an engine update. We need to be very clear. None of this is actually about the engine itself. It could still mean there are engine changes and engine updates coming, but these are about separate things I believe that are attached to bigger things happening. I actually think this is the beginning of a conversation. This TWAB is not all that they're doing or all that they've done. I believe this is sort of the prologue to maybe a vid doc or something bigger that is coming. I have officially basically stated my position on the engine is that there were three possibilities. A brand new engine, engine updates, or no engine updates. I do not think that we're getting a brand new engine. I don't think that that's really in the cards, so that's off the table. That leaves two possibilities, either engine updates or no engine updates. I think it stands to reason that with everything we've seen with the movement of the enemies and these changes here to scripts and uh, the new you know the new areas and the, and the dynamic storms, there have to be some level of engine changes and updates. How significant they are remains to be seen. I believe we're going to get more information as time goes on. So I need to say that on the outset because I know a lot of people were like throwing confetti and being like, Lono was right. Just hold on. You know I like to be right, but we're not quite there yet. This has nothing to do uh, with the actual engine updates uh, itself that I believe are happening. Okay? Um, so... The first thing they say here is we shifted our mission scripting model to run on the physics host instead of the mission host. And what this is essentially going to allow them to do is at present, the physics host knows exactly where enemy combatants are and what actions that they recently performed. But the mission host only knows where enemy, how many combatants are alive in a squad and what the squad was generally trying to accomplish. So this, what this is actually going to do is they say here, the new scripting environment changed many behaviors in complex ways, and you may see interesting behavior changes or bugs in pre-Beyond Light missions, because those were built in the previous system. This is going to allow them to be able to structure missions and quests in a way that I, that, that should be more reactive and more alive feeling. I think this may be one of the reasons why we noticed more fluid motion from the enemies. They don't feel so scripted and on rails. That's possibly why we're seeing those changes. I still believe those changes are the result of engine level updates as well to complement these script changes, but that's still just a prediction. This could account for that. Um, the other thing that this gives them is they said that you can do face-to-face joining now. If you see somebody in the tower and you want to join them, it's not going to do like a re-instance. The reason for this is you're basically in their physical, you know, host. You're no longer on the mission host. That's why if you saw somebody going into like a, a, a strike or something and then they would disappear, if you wanted to join them, it would make you kind of reinstance. Well, that's going away. That's a, that's like I honestly think that's like an unintended benefit. That's probably not the primary reason that they did this. So this is going to, I think, enable hopefully 
combat to clean up and to be more interesting so it's not so scripted and predictable because it does feel pretty limiting anytime they've tried to increase pain it's not been that interesting it's been very delta very negative modifier oriented maybe this will allow them to have more active more reactive combat that feels more fluid and alive as opposed to very very predictable okay so that's kind of the first thing that they said then they said we revamped our content building and patching pipeline for speed and install size this is actually i think one of the more exciting things that they stated uh this is going to require everyone everyone to reinstall destiny Uh, And they're going to give you 10 hours before Beyond Light to do that. So whether you're on the PlayStation, Xbox, or PC, you will need to reinstall the entire game. Okay, they said our complete shippable content builds were frequently taking north of 24 hours. We made investments to bring that down to sub 12 hours. Now, here is where I get a little tinfoil hat and I say, okay, they made investments to bring that down to sub 12 hours. I believe some of those investments are engine level changes to allow for quicker loading, more homogenized systems, you know, more systems integrations, etc. We also know they've made API changes to speed things up as well. Now, one of the benefits here is that destiny's install size is going to shrink by 30 to 40 percent it'll shrink to between 59 and 71 gig depending on the platform a reduction of 30 to 40 percent that's actually really really good news Uh, that also means internally the game may be more efficient and snappier and quicker because it's less bloated uh these these are obviously just me kind of speculating armchair here but this is this is likely going to be very very good now It also benefits us in ways that they specifically outline. It will help them ship mission-critical fixes faster when a game-breaking bug arises, and it will reduce our overall ship pipeline depth, enabling us to work on Destiny releases closer to their ship dates. So down here, it says it should give us one to two more weeks of flexibility. Essentially, that can help them maybe input feedback from us, like, hey, this season's great, but the bounties suck, or the bounty payout's not as good, or this is dumb, or that's dumb. And they're like, okay... We got one to two more weeks now to gather that intel and then potentially make changes to the next season based on player feedback. So these are direct tangible benefits that we will get. They also rebuilt the character face system. This is likely going to help allow for, you know, greater customization uh, in the future. And they said, you might notice your guardian's face looks a little bit different. And then just some cosmetic stuff here. We relit portions of EDZ and Nessus. They said during the early stages of Beyond Light production, the lighting and the skies team had a desire to provide a visual refresh to the two remaining D2 destinations. So different lighting on those places. You might notice it should look better. This again feels like, okay, but that means then anything new that's being added or new coming beyond this is going to look better and they're trying to bring those planets up in fidelity to match this again feels potentially related to engine level uh, technology that they have not yet talked about so this along with the weather the dynamic weather announcement feels like an enormous breadcrumb to give some more validity and more strength to the theory that there will be some engine level upgrades uh to the game itself i believe if there are significant enough announcements about the engine to talk about they would save that for a vid doc and this may be the precursor to that but again i want to be clear these changes are not are not engine level changes okay I, I have not been proven right just yet all right hold on to your hat for that so so this certainly uh is exciting and i'm hoping this improves combat and difficulty 
I'm actually curious about the fact that they indicate that this is just the beginning, okay? They're not even going to really tap into the full potential of this right away. I forget where they state that. They essentially say, this is just the beginning. This isn't really going to take its full fruition uh, right here. In Beyond Light, we're only launching the foundations of this system. We look forward to evolving and leveraging it in the future. Again, I don't feel like we're done talking about this. This is a very, very rudimentary. This almost didn't even feel necessary to a certain degree agree and even Bungie is admitting right here this is literally just a foundational change this could give credence to some of the theories that people have made that you know Witch Queen will bring significant changes and even potentially leave behind old gen I don't think that's actually going to happen until uh, Lightfall so a complete reinstall seems to indicate there is more to the story that's another thing I really want to state very strongly the fact that they're making you reinstall the entire game what we read here doesn't seem like that's the whole reason there's got to be greater reasons now maybe again it's just the files that need to be removed it's the textures that need to be streamlined it's the systems whatever uh also if they're going to be adding any 4k textures they had to make some space for those as well that's that's a that's a distinct possibility as to why they had to shrink install size so i want to say folks that are speculating speculating about anti-cheat i think we need to slow down okay There is nothing in here that speaks about server authority and server observation. Essentially, doing a client-side check to be like, this guy just spawned heavy, ban him. This guy just did whatever, ban him. You know, raid race, whatever. Okay? So, I think people are overstepping a little bit and kind of grasping to draw conclusions that can't really be drawn from what was stated here. Nothing in here talks about a server-side authority shift. Uh, Both of these systems, the physics host and the mission host, have always been server-side. So, if they wanted to check what you were doing through the physics host or the mission host, they could, but they don't. They don't have some sort of a client-side check in place. The only thing that may come from this is potentially, after action reports on raids, might be able to indicate, hey, since we had all that quest stuff running on the physics host, we can run a physics host report and see how much ammo they generated, how much damage they did, you know, were they cheating? So it may enable them to run after action reports to validate first, you know, world's first runs during the raid race, but um, this is not quite really... uh, going to be about anti-cheat if this does have implications for anti-cheat Bungie's not going to friggin tell us that because they don't want to give that information to the cheaters so either way i think people are drawing conclusions that we can't necessarily draw just yet based on the information that we have so we're going to transition to a Q&A session you got to be a paying member to submit questions or if you want to watch the individual uploads of the Q&A and VIP sessions so thank you guys so much for those of you that do that if you're watching or listening in the other locations as always please like share and subscribe Thank you for listening to or watching another episode of SNTR Presents. This is going to be the Q&A session that followed my talk about Beyond Light technical updates that were outlined by Bungie. As always, if you're listening to this in other locations, I want to remind you, you can catch these live Monday through Friday at SayNoToRage.com. Uh, whenever you show up, you can click the Join button to become a paid member with benefits and perks, or just click Subscribe and the Bell button. That helps me out. Paid members can see the individual uploads of Q&A and VIP, And they also get perks in our Discord server. All the pertinent information for that is below in the description. So, N.A. Painter, jumping in with the first question. With the tech updates allowing Bungie to make faster patches and changes, do you see this being a large player in much more complex mechanics uh, within the game, seeing as they can fix problems immediately? 
I don't know, your, your sentence structure is kind of rough here. Do you see this being a large player? Oh, I understand. You're not talking about players. Do you see this being a large player in a much more complex mechanics within the game? Um, I mean... I, I was saying before we started q and I'm being careful not to draw conclusions that that aren't backable yet. So I could say yes, maybe, to a lot of the things that people are trying to claim. You know, and, and also, you're saying more complex mechanics. The faster patches and changes, I would say the scripting changes might allow them to do that. Moving things away from mission host to physics host might allow them to do things that are more responsive. You kill these enemies and this guy appears, and you do this and this guy appears. Instead of like, okay, like, think about how much Destiny has not changed. You kill a bunch of enemies, you stand around, the game double checks, and then spawns new or opens the door. There's like this big sort of like, uh, hello? You know, Bueller, can we go to the next thing? Like, that's been a common thing in Destiny since Devil's Lair, you know? You're, you're just standing there waiting for the stupid ghost to finish his thing, even though everything's dead. This might create an opportunity for them to create more complex mechanics that are more reactive. Do you remember the lag and the latency in King's Fall? If you ju- like, if, if you tried to time landing on the plate a split second after the other person, it would mess it up. Now, some of that's peer-to-peer netcode, but also... Some of that's related to the fact that the the mission host that requires you to do X, Y, and Z is not able to tap into as much information. As, as they say here, the physics host knows exactly where enemy combatants are and what actions they recently performed, while the mission host only knows how many combatants were alive in a squad and what the squad was generally trying to accomplish. So they're, they're basically feeding the, hey player go do these things they're feeding that that side of the game more information again this might be why we're seeing enemies moving differently more fluidity of movement uh more of them in an area that could be a result of this change that could still be a result of an engine change right the problem is more complex mechanics can glitch out big time requiring a patch okay now i understand your line of reasoning faster patches means they don't have to go simple because they're worried about glitches they can't fix very fast Okay, I understand where you're where you're going with this, and I'm gonna again say, yeah, maybe. I, I like. So the line of reasoning you're using is that Bungie's gonna be like, hey, we can do quicker patches. Let's go a little wild with these uh, mechanics because if it gets glitchy, we can fix it faster. Generally speaking, that doesn't seem like the kind of dialogue and directive you're gonna hear. However, they may be a little bit more brazen to take risk and to do things that might be a little bit more touchy because they know, hey, we can push out a patch in two weeks if this isn't quite working, you know, quite working quite right. Um, because we, we we've we've updated back end systems or front end systems or whatever that will allow us to push out a patch at a quicker interval. Um, I've seen more and more people peddling this this theory. Not not what you're saying, NA Painter. This is a separate issue, but I feel it's related. I've seen people pushing this theory that I believe is just a total garbage theory. That we should not allow or support or or too proudly celebrate when a game company fixes their game. People tend to trot out this this dialogue every time No Man's Sky does an update. Because they believe companies will start saying, I got an idea. Look at what No Man's Sky did. Let's just shovel out crap and we'll fix it later. Okay. I, that is, 
that's got to be literally the most garbage take I think I've ever heard about gaming in general. No game company or publisher is going to say, guys, listen, your marching orders is, is give them junk and we'll fix it later. That can literally put you in the red because reviews hit, refunds start happening, and your game is a disaster. Why? Because shoveling out crap is not a good business strategy. Okay? In the same token, in the same line of reasoning that I'm using here, I can't see Bungie saying, you know what? Let's do more complex mechanics. They'll be a little bit more bug-laden and a little bit more problematic. We can just patch it later. We can, we can just, you know, we, we can fix it later. No. I, I cannot see. I, I cannot see them doing that. Fallout 76? Right, right. He, hear me hear me on this. Hear me on this. Oh, we can give you examples, Lono, of really crappy games. Uh, that are getting patched, you know, uh, on the back end. I can give you examples. Okay, hold the phone and listen. Listen to what I'm saying. There is no company right now that's sitting around in a board meeting saying, "Look at No Man's Sky. Why are we striving for quality? Let's make crap and we'll fix it later. We'll be fine." That is not a directive from any company anywhere in existence right now. It's the most delusional... There's, there is literally no way that's going to happen. Now, you might see companies say, okay, we've got some rough edges here, but we can set up a patching schedule, and every two to three weeks we can, we can, we can bolt some of this down. Maybe you might see that, but I don't think you're going to see people say, oh, no, 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 let's just shovel out crap hopefully we'll survive the barrage of bad reviews and refunds and then we'll fix it later like companies are risk averse man making games is hard it's expensive the margins are razor thin the last thing they're going to do is create a business strategy that centers around delivering a bad product that they'll then fix later if there's a handful of games that are doing that that are launching bad making money fixing it later and pulling it off I don't think that is proof that companies are going to start making that their business strategy. For every for every one or two games, okay, for every one or two games that that is doing that, how many games are doing that and failing miserably and never recovering? They get obliterated in the reviews, they tons of people go for refunds and then nothing ever comes of that game ever ever again. Do you understand the point that I'm making like there's so many games that don't make it? If you're going to sit here and try and find a couple of games that have pulled it off, I can probably jump, dump 20 games in your lap that were a disaster, they failed, and they never recovered. And that's not a strategy you're going to see people people using. Yeah, Anthem still hasn't recovered. <laughs> it might not ever recovered. It's not intentional, but the bad decisions, we have the microtransactions make it live service. I Again, I just... When we don't have concrete information, a lot of these conversations are purely theoretical. And again, the idea that look at the bad PR, look at the look at the ridiculous way that the community, okay, everything we've been talking about with cancel culture. Look at the way that the internet can mobilize and they can decimate your product, all right? Do you think any game company right now is going to look at YouTube, Twitch, Twitter, all the the, the forums, Reddit, Okay, and they're gonna be like, you know what? We can survive this. Let's launch something bad and we'll fix it later. 
they're gonna get obliterated dude you can't like with the way people mobilize to downvote videos review bomb like spam the developers and death threats and all this other nonsense I, I, I can't see a single company being like nah I, uh, we've got it dude we've got this locked in we're totally gonna trick the gaming community we're gonna, we're gonna get them we're gonna get them to spend $60 on a pile of garbage and we'll just fix it later you know, and I know people keep pointing to Fallout 76, but again, I don't think that was like their business strategy. I don't think their business strategy was shovel out crap, we'll fix it later. It's probably like, well, yeah, this game's not very good. It's kind of rough around the edges, but it has a, it has a winning name of Fallout. Madden and NBA 2K. I mean, again, again, using sports games in that industry to act like those are examples of games that they intentionally push out that are that are garbage this is a comment from Chris a bungee engineering manager two months ago uh, regarding the en- engine Aldridge may speak to this more but every engine I've ever used has strengths and weaknesses I certainly would not classify the destiny the destiny engine as archaic and I certainly wouldn't want to try to build destiny in any other engine of course there are processes that are slow and we're making improvements to address our tech debt not totally sure what you mean about uh, a new engine in future titles but we updated the engine from D1 to D2 and we continue to update the engine during D2 development. We'll never make a whole new engine and move Destiny to it but any future games that Bungie makes wouldn't necessarily need to use the Destiny tech if it doesn't make sense for that game. Food for thought. Right, so that again kind of gives backing to the idea that we're getting, I think we're getting significant engine updates but not a new engine. It just would take too long. So we're getting off on a side tangent here. We're getting off on a side tangent, but in the same vein of the logic and the reasoning that I'm using right now, I cannot see Bungie saying we can patch quicker. So let's take more mechanical risks and launch a raid or a dungeon. That's kind of buggy. I can't see them doing that. Um, so next question from. Uh, another one from NA Painter. With the tech updates allowing Bungie to make faster... Uh, oh, you, you submitted the same question twice. Clap for you. With the tech updates and the large downsky- downscale of game size, do you still feel that the engine has been updated or changed, or do you feel they shrunk the game to add new features? Do you think that they will drop the news this year if the engine did change? Um, I mean, they're basically saying that they're basically saying in that quote that I just read, they're always updating the engine. That's why I said, it seems really unlikely that they're going to launch Beyond Light and be like, no, we didn't make a single update to the engine at all. Like, that doesn't seem, that seems incredibly unlikely. But no, it's the exact same. No updates, nothing's been streamlined, nothing's been updated or, or made better. And as the guy was saying, they, they don't think that the engine's archaic. They think the engine's good. It has its pluses and its minuses. But in their mind, they can't see Destiny being in another engine. And that was always our concern when we started theorizing about maybe Unreal, maybe Slip Space. The concern has always been, yes, but will it feel like Destiny? Destiny is the best shooter in existence. It's the best first-person shooter. Nothing feels like Destiny. Nothing. It's it's peer-to-peer engine from you know 2013 and yet it still is the best feeling shooter alive 
Only thing that comes close is like Titanfall, Apex. Those feel pretty good. Outside of that, nothing feels like Destiny. And you would lose that. You would lose that potentially if you switched engines. The best FPS? Yes. If you're wanting to experience the movement, the shooting, and the player feedback of a first-person shooter, nothing feels like Destiny. At all. This, you, you stack any game up against Destiny and it loses. It loses. Um, you don't agree it's the best FPS? What FPS feels better than Destiny? This gets subjective, but come on. What, F- what first-person shooter feels as good as Destiny? The Bioshock games feel kind of loosey-goosey. Call of Duty's always kind of felt like Call of Duty. It always has that Quake 3 feel. Overwatch is pretty good, but I'm telling you, nothing feels like Destiny. Apex and Titanfall come really, really close. You like the movement better? I mean, I, again, but that that comes down... Oh, that's, that's a very specific reason to switch over. Unreal Tournament? No. Yeah, Doom. Doom feels really, really good. Yeah, it does, but Doom has no ADS. Doom has no ADS, and it stays it stays faithful to that... Uh, it stays faithful to that, you know what I mean? So... Uh, yeah, but as, as far as, as far as what we just read in this question, you know, again, I believe that the engine is getting significant updates because they're doing things they've never done before. They're shifting scripts around. They're changing the API. Uh, they're, they're doing dynamic weather. This is none of this is happening in a vacuum. The entire game is getting updated. Can't include Call of Duty seeing as part of the Bungie Activision Fallout was them making Bungie taking Bungie features into Call of Duty. I mean, Borderlands 3 is better. <sighs> Listen, I know this gets subjective, but no. <laughs> no. No. No, sir. Try again. <laughs> You're free to like it better, but absolutely not, dude. Finding chemo. With the overhaul to Guardian face customization coming, do you think Bungie might create something akin to a barbershop so we could change our appearance? If so, could that be something new they could start adding to the Eververse, new hairstyles or other customization? Um, You know, I... I didn't even think about this, so you're putting new thoughts in my brain, so it's taking me a second to kind of formulate my opinion here. I actually have no problems with this. I could see this being a thing, yes. The only reason I don't know that they want to put too much of a focus on this is I'd be curious how many people just wear their helmet all the time. You know? I think armor ornamentation, decals, shaders, things like that are kind of more uh, are kind of more in our wheelhouse of uh, vanity and customization. And like changing your hairstyle or getting a like a tattoo on your face or something. I think I would worry that they would do all that and demand for it would be really, really low. It'd be really low. Um, we're at 670 likes. I bet you we can get 30 likes and roll it over to 700. I, I bet you we can. If you're listening to this right now as a past broadcast, you could probably even take us to another threshold. We're usually in the 700s by the end of the stream. I believe it. I believe it, chat. Um, the helmet stays on. This is the way. That's right. Helmet stays on. I agree. 
There's a game who is just as good as Destiny 2 when it comes to gunplay. Destiny 1. <laughs> I knew you were going to do that as soon as you didn't put it into one sentence. That's, you're get, I'm getting good at... You're being kind of predictable. Rain the Dark with the next question. Hey, Lono, it's been a little bit. With these tech upgrades, do you think it's possible for the spring season, Drifter Worthy, has the potential to not feel like a weak spot going forward? Um... Ash says that Guardian customization is a huge demand in the art side of the community. I mean, okay, I, I don't want to shoot it down. I was just saying that'd be a concern. So I wasn't speaking definitively. I'm not saying like nobody cares about their hairstyles, hairstyles or makeup or something or like getting a bedazzled face. I, there are probably people that sure would love that level of customization. You're right. I, I was saying I would wonder after all these years if demand would be too low. What if that portion of the community is just too small to warrant the work that would go into it, you know? So. Uh, now, this is a good question, though, from Rain the Dark. I mean, that has been traditionally one of the weaker times of the year. The spring season, whether you look at Drifter uh, or Worthy, those were pretty weak seasons. Those were rough times. And this, these updates with respect to speed of patching, updating things closer, giving them longer window of those updates and changes, um, like just this, just this thing here, right here, our complete shippable content builds were frequently taking north of 24 hours. We made investments to bring that down to sub 12 hours, which resulted in a bunch of changes to our content and patching formulas. So if they're internally becoming more efficient, then the benefit to us is probably yeah more content i would think more refined more substantive because their their efficiency levels go up and that should net us more of something i would hope that it wouldn't just be like quantity i would hope it would be you know quality up you know updates that would be my, that would be my hope that they the install size going smaller you know allows them to push out more updates because of install size and file size and then you know faster builds I would just think that would allow you to build more content build more encounters don't give them Eververse ideas it's inflated enough no it's not the Eververse is very very tasteful it's so small it's not that much stuff. It really isn't. So much in there quantitatively is like ghost projections and finishers. Give me a freaking break. Like that that is not that that is nothing. If they want to slap some hairstyles in there and some tattoos and you know earrings, I who gives a frick? Like come on. People overstate the Eververse's presence so often. It is very, very... It's it's in a nice little corner. Um, I can't imagine dealing with a 12-plus hour build time. I complain when builds exceed 10 minutes. Dude, they were at 24! And look, this lines up with things we heard years ago from the article that said they would literally have to ship the build and come back the next day to work on it it would take 24 hours and if it crashed or pulled an error they would come back and not be able to do anything so 
I feel like they could take some ornaments out and into the wild. Well, I mean, I believe that they're doing that because they said they're no longer going to sell uh, legendary uh, weapon ornaments, and we're already seeing uh, a legendary weapon ornament for the pursuit weapon, one at each uh, vendor. I want to see more. I want to see them in raids, especially. Trials would be a good place to put them as well. Uh, Darksider. With Bungie giving power uh, from mission host to physics host, as the physics host is capable of more than mission, do you see this as a step towards anti-cheat by giving them more control over the game? So, what I said a little bit ago, I think this was in the interim, is I could see this enabling them to do quicker after action reports to say, okay, at the end of that Crucible match, this guy... uh, did a bunch of different things that 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 shouldn't be possible flag the account so maybe people get banned quicker maybe they show up on reports faster uh doc squiddy debunked the install size as a reason for vaulting though i i i don't there's no way to know if that's a true debunk though you're appealing to one authority and not believing the developer like they're saying that the game is becoming bigger and it's harder to manage and it's harder to deal with. They clearly have also made internal changes to the lower install size because that is is an effect on their efficiency in their builds. Um, there's so many games that are bigger than Destiny, but that's not debunking their claim. If I come to you and I tell you that my game and my engine and all the stuff that we're trying to do, it's becoming hard to manage because the game install size is so big. You can't like point to another game and be like, "Oh, this game is so much more. This game is so much bigger, and it doesn't have a problem at all." Um, the way those assets interact, the way those assets load, the lack of dedicated servers. I, I, I genuinely don't care about your video that you think debunk the install size is a reason. A developer is not going to sit down in a chair and just shove out BS and be like, "Yeah, it's it's this is one of the reasons we want to take stuff out." I, I don't think so. He's a developer. I don't care. He doesn't interact with Bungie's tech, their tools, or their game. Like, he doesn't know any of the limitations that could be, whether it's slowness, efficiency, or anything that's affected by install size. He doesn't work on the game, so his opinion's irrelevant. I, I'm sorry. Like, I that's, that's just something I don't have a lot of tolerance for anymore, that people are like, well, you know... This guy made this claim about this game, and I'm like, I kind of don't care. Like, does he work at Bungie? If not, then I, then what he's saying is completely irrelevant. It, it's, you know, I just, Bungie's been in the industry a long time. I have severe doubts that Luke Smith and Noseworthy are going to sit down and say something that's completely bogus. Like, yeah, the install size needs to come down. That'll help us with da-da-da. And that's why we're taking stuff out of the game. And this guy's like, no, that's not true. There are plenty of other games that are really, really big. And it's like, okay, but that's completely unrelated to what they're saying. How often are they updating maps in Call of Duty? How many of the, you know, how much of the file size is audio? And um, how much is offloaded on the dedicated servers as far as function and interaction between game assets? Like, there's so many things that would be making those games different than Destiny with respect to efficiency of updates or builds. 
you know, is Call of Duty consistently rebuilding or building new areas, missions, audio files need to be in there, proccing at the right times, enemy mechanics got to proc at the right times. Like, clearly they have different scripts. They've got a physics script and a questing script that one's more limited than another. A script could run more efficiently because, you know, they've trimmed down file size on the game. I mean, you just never know. <clears throat> The DCV is clearly engine related to the install size was just to keep a secret about the engine change a secret. You know that I love a good theory that's going to back up an engine, an engine update, but we literally just had somebody put a giant quote that said they're not putting this game into another engine. They're going to update it regularly. Sure. But there is no engine change engine update. Sure. Improvements. Yes, but they're not changing to a new engine. We, I mean, we, we just, we just covered that. We just read a huge quote about 70, 70% of that in call of duty works. I don't know what you mean by that. Weather change is an engine update. No, it's not. What do you mean? It's an engine update. The weather, the weather change is something that they said they did at a script level. It's automated. It's not something that the engine itself Trust me, bro. I believe they're making updates and changes to the engine, but you're, 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 I feel like you're grasping here. The weather system, as they described it, is an automated script that runs. It, 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 it's, they didn't do anything to the engine. Maybe they did, but they didn't tell us. They didn't tell us any engine level changes that were made for the, for the net, for the, uh, for the dynamic weather system. The engine is what the game is made in homie i'm gonna i'm gonna move on because we're going down a we're going down a pathway where your lack of knowledge is just wasting is we're, we're wasting our time like i and then you're ending every sentence with lol which is condescending so i guess lol right back at you i mean if that's the kind of conversation you want to have talk to somebody else i'm moving on because you're annoying me um the whole syringe the under the hood upgrades were clearly a needed but significant time sink for Bungie. Should we expect Beyond Light to be smaller than we expected due to time spent on those upgrades? Well, those technical up those technical updates don't necessarily mean you're pulling away from content creation, environment creation. Um, you know what I'm saying? So if you got somebody making strikes, if you got somebody making missions and guns. I don't think we necessarily pulled those people off to say, hey, can you work on these technical updates or these script updates? I don't, I don't think so. Parasito said a lot of the changes are engine updates. I agree with Lightly, but I think Parasito's jumping to conclusions. There's nothing in here that talks about engine updates. I'm of the opinion there are background engine updates and tech updates they haven't told us about, but everything here is not about the engine being updated. These are scripts and systems that already exist, and they're reallocating and moving things around. It's not They're not actually changing the engine itself. I, I, think, I think people are jumping to conclusions. If me, okay, listen to who's talking, okay? I'm the guy that's been saying for a long time there's going to be huge engine updates with Beyond Light. Look at the movement. Look at this. Look at that. And I'm telling everybody to just calm down. We don't have enough info yet to be drawing the conclusions about anti-cheat or engine anything. Right? You thought he worked for Bungie? I don't think so. He could be right. He could be right. I think this is the beginning of a bigger conversation. I think there's lots... There's... 
there's lots more uh, coming. But everything we've read here is with respect to nothing with the engine. They're not speaking about the engine. So, technically, networking and architecture can be part of the engine. So if we're speaking with very strict definitions, you could say this is a change to the architecture that enables them to make complex script uh, in the game, and that can be an engine update. Right, that's what I mean, Lightleaf. They've not said it, but I believe what we're looking at is connected to background engine changes. Yes, but nothing that they've outlined is they're not talking about the engine. That's my point. They're not saying we've updated the engine, we've streamlined physics. We've they, they haven't said any of that. <clears throat> Five dollars from Sean. They're changing the engine because of the fact that they are giving an update for the next gen consoles. Okay, so I think we're okay. I think we're passing in the night right now. So let me start over. Okay. It's undeniable they're making changes to the engine and updates to the engine. I don't think you can say they're making zero changes or updates. I believe that's there's absolutely no way you can claim that. They have to be because they're putting it on uh, new systems and they're adding new things. Okay. So, yes. I believe it's very, very safe to say they're making engine updates. They even had, we even had a quote just a little bit ago. Okay. However, with the information we have now and the things they've communicated to us, they have not definitively said anything about updates to the engine. That's the point that I'm making. So split it. Okay. I'm conceding and agreeing with you if you think, dude, just basic logic, just thinking through this, you know, from a conventional wisdom standpoint, they've got to be doing something to the engine to update it. You know, they're doing these things. They're, They're changing scripts. They're changing the API. They're adding a dynamic weather system. Yep, you're right. However, they've not said anything definitively about the engine yet. That's what I'm saying. So I'm not drawing conclusions. Do you see the difference? I'm just trying to be careful is all I'm saying. Speaking of Parasito, he and other he and the others base their arguments on incomplete information from the GDC presentation explaining the D1 networking model. In that model, the physics host was one of the con- was one of the consoles. However, that changed in D2 vanilla as seen in this interview with Matt Setter, engineer- engineering lead in 2017. To understand the foundation on which we're building, check out this Destiny 1 presentation from the GDC. Using the terms from this talk in Destiny 2, both the mission host and physics host will run in our data centers. Hence the videos and people on Twitter claiming we are finally getting a physics host based, uh, host cloud based, not realizing we've had that for three years. This will have no influence on cheating. So, if you didn't understand everything I just read, I'll make it simple. The physics host and the mission host have been on a Bungie server since 2017. In Destiny 1, they weren't both on their servers. In Destiny 1, the physics host was actually on your console, and they changed that in Destiny 2. So that's why people are making, I think, again, I'm not drawing conclusions. Others are drawing conclusions that I believe are either, as Lightleap saying, based on incomplete information, or they're just kind of grasping and hoping anti-cheat, engine change, da 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 So I'm on your team that there are engine changes and updates happening, but they haven't said that definitively to us in a public way. That's why I'm pushing back a little bit. 
So, next question <laughs> from Clickfire. With Under the Hood changes mentioning mechanics, do you think this means we will finally break away from plates, balls, and modes for activity mechanics? I mean, I would certainly hope so. Um, There's only so much you can ask a player to do, to be fair. Like, you you can't ask me to do backflips and... And and mountain climb. Although people think we were always joking with Greg about you know climbing equipment or whatever. However, um, however, I I don't necessarily think we're gonna see a ton of iteration here because it's still Destiny. Now it could be more complex or it could be newer. I would actually like to get back to the fact where there's like a relic that does something specific, like being invisible, running plates, grabbing a relic. You know what I mean? And so, I or grabbing a relic at the Templar, or grabbing the relic at the War Priest. I actually like that. You know, I think that makes you have a role, and you got to finesse it. And you know, Chad is asking us to roll over likes to seven hundred. I believe you can do it. So. But I still think you're going to see similar mechanics to things we've done before. Standing on plates, balls, moats. We've already seen the Garden of Salvation tether mechanic reused in some of the footage. So, because it's still Destiny. It's still the Destiny world. Next question from Animus. Uh, There, we did it. We got 700 likes. Thank you, guys. The love lately, the viewership, and the like ratio has been stellar. So, thank you. Do you believe these changes will impact or fundamentally change the existing activities in the game that aren't being vaulted? Dungeons, raids, public events? Well, no. They said it's going to cause issues and bugs, but they're not updating them to, like, have them be different. And then they said that's why the Prophecy Dungeon had to be yanked out. So you, the answer to your question is actually contained in the TWAB. They're not like going to go back and make all of them feel dramatically different or update them or make them cooler. They actually said there's going to be some bugs and some weirdness in those activities because they were built on the old system. Um, that's contained right here. This paragraph. The new scripting environment changed many behaviors in complex ways and you may see interesting behavior changes or bugs in pre-Beyond Light missions and public events and similar that were originally built and tested on the previous system. We've tested these missions heavily and stamped out many bugs, but some will undoubtedly slip through. We'll be monitoring and fixing remaining bugs over time. In some cases, these issues were more severe. For example, they caused the Prophecy Dungeon to be unavailable temporarily. We're excited for its return at the end of the year. So... I mean, I guess you could say interesting behavior changes or bugs. I mean, that's really generic, right? Interesting behavior changes. So maybe there'll be some slight updates if you go run some old strike or some old public event, but I would not expect it to feel like a completely different environment or fight or something. This sounds pretty basic. Interesting behavior changes is, yeah, it's vague and non-specific, you know? Uh, Lethal Quark. Do you think some of the issues D2 has had uh, were primarily because of dated engine? With the upcoming changes, do you foresee more dynamic cycle of content updates and balanced patches? I mean, some of this I think is is answered in the uh, is in the is in the TWAB itself. Um, they they basically have said there'll be there'll be quicker patches. Um, They've also said that 
they're, they're it'll enable them to do more complex things with the combat um so uh, it's it's again it's like you kind of have your answer in the twab i can't say more than than they've said they've kind of said yes to at a very in a very vague way they've said yes to both parts of your question in uh, in the TWAB. Now, there was that quote a little bit ago that somebody quoted where the guy's like, I wouldn't consider our engine archaic. Now, he may be saying that to be like, we've we've actually updated it quite a bit and we've made good changes, but th- he doesn't, they don't consider it archaic. Some of that could be PR. I mean, they are using an engine that is older, but a lot of games do that. A lot of games do that. They use, um they use old engine old tech for years because it's just cheaper and more efficient and you know it's 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 a similar situation here Sigmund uh, says with faster patches and updates now available to Bungie do you think this could lead to more reactionary changes in line with unnecessary uh, weapon nerfs yeah, I think we're getting into that weird rut where it's like you guys are asking a question that you have the answer to contained in your question. So, with faster patches and updates, will we get more reactionary changes? I mean, I would I would assume yeah, you're going to get you they're going to be able to react quicker. Like I you know what I mean? If we run faster, are we going to get there quicker? Yes, like they they they've they've made it clear that this will allow them to respond to things faster if there's a bug, if there's a glitch, if there's player feedback. Um, so this, this is this, the answer to this is literally contained in the TWAB and in your in in your question. Like now, I don't think this means they're going to be patching stuff like every other week. You know, oh, we better nerf, buff, nerf, buff, nerf, buff. I still think, and this is something I think people misunderstand. I still think Bungie has to collect a lot of information before nerfing or buffing something. It's not like we're going to spend one week playing, everyone cries about some hand cannon, and Bungie's going to immediately nerf it. You know? Because it... They they have to collect info. Just because you get it to trend on Reddit, and some YouTuber makes a video talking about something that's absolutely broken, like, okay, they got to collect intel over the course of, of at least a month or more... And, and then actually weigh it and see, is this causing a problem? Is it broken? Is it imbalanced? Is it disrupting the crucible? And, and then, and then, if they appropriate, if they, uh, if they actually diagnose a problem, X weapon is too strong, then they go to phase two. Phase two is, what are potential solutions? Then, phase three, they attempt to implement and test that solution. So, people, I, people need to keep their expectations in line here. Just because they can make patches and updates quicker doesn't mean the minute you and your friends or Reddit decide a weapon's overpowered that it's going to get nerfed faster. There's still an entire process that has to take place before a weapon gets its update, whether it's a buff or a nerf. There's so many boxes that need to be checked. People are complaining it's overpowered. Can we validate that claim with data and our own internal checks? Yes, that claim has now been validated. Now that that claim has been validated, we got to come up with creative solutions so we don't destroy the weapon. They come up with a creative solution. Now they got to implement it, debug it, and then test the weapon, and then deploy the fix. 
That's never going to happen quickly, ever. You know, I know that's not what Sigmund is insinuating here, but you just, you got to be, you got to be careful with your expectations. When they say they can make changes faster, this is what I think sometimes people do. They're like, well, Bungie said they could make changes faster, but this gun still hasn't been nerfed. And it's like, it's, it's, it's been in the game for a month. What do you mean? Like they, they've got to verify it first. Look at what happened with hard light. Hard light becomes a huge problem, but they take like a month and a half to nerf it. Why? Because of literally everything I just said. They actually they actually made the change to the hard light pretty quickly. It was within the season that it was a problem, but it still took like a month and a half. Script hosting on the physics engine is absolutely huge. It opens the door for tons of new mechanics possibilities and likely a much more resilient fireteam experience regarding error codes. That'd be great if that's true. Um, I bet you Zer is in the tower. That's going to be my guess. I, I bet you he's in the tower. I'm just going to go to the tower. I feel like it's time for him to be at the tower. Because he was barge, then he was IO, he was EDZ. I think he's due for a tower landing. Um, Necro with the next question. Speaking about tech upgrades, do you think that they're looking into their item manager and perhaps their old voice activated ghost program the less I have to navigate the UI the better yeah I mean I don't know you're asking me to make a prediction about something that they've said nothing about so I this is a total shot in the dark right I, and you know your your impetus here I don't think is the best impetus oh I the less I don't want to interact with the UI I mean as far as we can tell they've updated and made changes to the UI so, you know, they, maybe they streamline a lot of that. I don't know. Is he on the EDZ? Are you serious? Wasn't he? I thought he was just at the Winding Cove like two weeks ago. I thought for sure he was due for a tower run. Is he here? No, I was wrong. Mm. Yeah, the AP, the Zer, the Zer command takes a while to update. Um. So yeah, they haven't said anything for me to give any kind of a of uh, of an answer to this question. I have no idea. Why are they working with third parties and just put it into the game? I'll do you a better question. Why wouldn't they work with third parties? It saves bandwidth. All these tools have been built and they work great. Why not use them? <laughs> do you, do you see? It's like. Hey, we could spend an awful lot of time building our own little thing and building this and blah, blah, blah. Oh, by the way, you can use their app on your mobile device to move your your, your loot around. So, I, <laughs> we, we had to be fair. We had to be fair. They do give you a way with their own tool to move your loot around. It's in the Bungie. You just download the Destiny 2 app and it lets you move loot around. You don't have to use uh, Dim or any of the others. You know, now does that does that mean they need to enhance it, make it better? You know, as he's saying, like update it with like the 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 voice the voice activation stuff. You know, I, man, oh man, I just think there's so many bigger bigger issues. You know, facing the game, like getting stuck in something. <laughs> what the was that? Um, 
though. I'm, I am, I'm never, with respect to like in-game LFG or in-game dim, I'm always like, dude, like really? You know, we got a 64 Luna faction with 23 discipline, 14 recovery and 15 mobility. That's great Luna faction. Titans Ramparts uh, is a 62. Not bad. Discipline and mobility are really low. And then Orpheus Rigs as a 60. Uh, with good mobility, good strength, 14 and a 14. So that one's not terrible, but it is just a 60. And then Telesto, the besto. Uh, there you go. So there is your Zer. Oh, he thought I wanted another Luna Faction boots. That's great. Mobility and resilience, no recovery. Good discipline and intellect, though. But this 20, this, I don't know. This is hard choice. This is a hard choice. 14. So strength and recovery are the only thing that are gutted here. One recovery mod takes that to 13. And so everything's high except for strength. Right here. Yeah. It's hard to know. You're trading one for the other. I actually think the one I just got is probably better. All average ish. The 23 discipline is nice. This is an easy choice. Delete the recent one. Your current one is really good. So the new one that I got, the 62, is you're saying is not that great. It it's it's always so it always feels like six of one, half a dozen of the other. You know? It never feels like it's that impactful. It's like the differences are marginal and can be changed with mods you know remember when people complained about Zer's icon showing up on the map now all they do is use an API to find it <laughs> Oki says how much faster can they make changes to guns now um could they ship powerful guns but balance them quicker well I mean this is a question for Bungie that they sort of answer you know, they, they're like, hey, we can push out patches quicker. But related to what I was just saying a little bit ago, that doesn't mean they're going to be nerfing and buffing stuff every two weeks just because there's a, there's a, there's a, you know, enough, enough people go to Reddit or somewhere and they get riled up about it. I don't, I don't think that they're going to be doing that. Like, that's why I'm trying to set people's expectations. Like, I don't see them saying, you know, we, we better, we better be nerfing and buffing stuff like every, uh, every other day. I I don't think so. Every other week. Like, if you think you're going to log in every week to two weeks and see, you know, another nerf, another buff, another nerf, another buff, I still think it's going to take them a while to walk through all of the processes that I was just talking about a minute ago with, you got, with respect to, you gotta text. I'm sorry, test. You gotta number one. You gotta validate. You gotta do all those things before you make those changes. There was no way they weren't gonna mess with hard light, and it still took a while. So it's 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 not gonna be. I don't think it's gonna be dramatically different just because they're streamlining some of the some of the their ability uh, to update. You know, so a slightly shorter Q and A today, but that's okay. We had some repeats. Uh, we had some repeat questions that that made us uh, we glided through a couple of those. So if you're listening to this and you want to come in and join these Q and A sessions, you got to be a paying member to do that. You can always just go to saynoterage.com. That brings you to the YouTube. Uh, subscribe and the bell button is free. But a join clicking the join button of membership is how you join these conversations and Q and A sessions. Either by submitting questions in the Q and A room in the Discord early 
as a paying member or live in the chat when we're doing it as always we're going to transition to vip call-ins if there's people that want to call in and they're at the vip tier uh and if you're listening to this or watching in other locations not live as always please like share and subscribe Thank you for listening to or watching another episode of SNTR Presents. This is going to be the VIP call-ins that took place after the Beyond Light Tech Updates talk and Q&A. If you're listening to this on iTunes or Spotify, maybe on Google Play, maybe you're watching the past broadcast, you can always catch these live on YouTube at saynotorage.com. If you want to watch the individual uploads, you do need to be a paying member on the YouTube channel. If not, you got to use the timestamps to watch on the full past broadcast. we got three people calling in today. We're going to start with Lightleap. And uh, I'm going to go over to him. What do you want to talk about, sir? Uh, I would like to talk about, well, generally, I'm, I'm happy to see the changes that uh, the dynamic weather changes, especially is something they didn't have to do already. Mm-hmm. Everybody agrees that the Destiny planets look, look great. Um, so I think this is cool to see such an investment. Um, on the more technical side, well, I wonder, and maybe, maybe I don't know if you can answer that, but if you check the Destiny-related photos on our Discord, okay. there's a picture I posted from the GDC presentation that Bungie made uh, explaining their their different hosts and, and, and networking infrastructure. And so, um, as as we saw in that interview, in the outline of the interview that I posted with Matt Cedar, mm-hmm. um, the physics host is now in the cloud, right? Same. And they basically erased the mission activity hosts and they are now part of the physics hosts. Okay. My question would be, what, uh, in what way is it so, why is Destiny still peer-to-peer if the physics host is already in the cloud, as he stated, you know? I, I'm, I'm like, I'm curious, maybe we're seeing more of a transition. I mean, they said dedicated servers out of the question. Um, they explained this back in Destiny 1, um, the physics holes had to switch right when you when you walked from different bubbles like in free roam yeah and now apparently they don't have that problem anymore so i wonder yeah i just wonder what what their plan is in the future with this oh yeah it's a good question because it does seem like man you guys are doing so much now on your end and you know obviously there's always client side there's always client side um, so even even in a dedicated server environment, there's client side information happening, movement, you know your your decisions, and all that gets sent to the ho- to the host. Um, the way I understand it from the commentary from Mark Noseworthy in 2017, when they were asked about this f- after the uh, the premiere, was basically the game would need to be completely rebuilt from the ground up. So more than likely, there's more going on than just, oh man, you guys already host so much, why not just do dedicated servers? It's the way that we land an instance, reinstance when we travel from one area to another uh, on patrol, would all, all of it would need to be rebuilt. Like the way the information is both sent and received, I would think those would be entirely new rule sets, uh, the buzzword netcode, right? It would be all new netcode. Uh, and it likely is related to, as we're seeing here, like we have such an armchair understanding of how all this works, but like the fact that there's a host purely for physics and then a host for mission activity, uh, is, is, it is just very interesting to me. It's like, wow, we're getting a glimpse into how complex some of this stuff kind of is. So the fact that that is how they have it presently set up would probably require them to rebuild every mission, every planet, every strike, 
every like maybe even the way crucible works in crucible maps i'm not sure um so but that was his explanation was essentially rebuild the whole game this is why i think luke smith was 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 open and dismissive to be like yeah dedicated services is not something we're doing when he did the interview with uh with lupo yeah i just oh sorry no go ahead Wait, I was done. yeah i i just wonder if it's still accurate to i mean it's obviously i, I was always on this peer-to-peer you know Oh, it's peer-to-peer, and that's why cheating works. Uh, obviously, this shows it's more complicated. It's co- um, what I find kind of interesting is that um, in this GDC presentation, I highly recommend it to anyone who wants to dive into it. Can find it linked in the TWAP. Um, they uh, explain even like what we're saying. I, I agree that it's an armchair understanding, but it was basically confirmed in that presentation because he's giving examples how the mission activity works. Mm-hmm. And how they tried to prevent a status from, for example, what could happen if if you had a physical physical host on one of the consoles, and you had the mission activity host, and then somebody pressed a button, and then the physics host disconnected, uh, you got like one of these typical bug states that the button was pressed but the door wasn't opening because the mission host couldn't mm-hmm. get um, the, the host had to switch and the f- mission host couldn't didn't get the information anymore to open the door. It was basically like a yeah, a bugged instance, right? <laughs> so I wonder with these switches, um, it, it could be amazing what they could do, right? Because if, they, as they said, these, these would be, these were basic. Um, we could see potentially completely new mission design, um, and and uh, yeah, enemy movement as we already saw. I wonder if the fluidity of the movement also in, in impacts that, right? Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, I'm very excited about that. Yeah, I, there's a part of me that thinks this is why the enemy movement looks different because it's going to be less it's going to be less rigid and maybe more responsive because as it says here the physics host knows exactly where enemy combatants are and what actions they recently performed and if the mission host now has access to that information the, I'm wondering can the mission host then dictate that they do something different in response to us as opposed to right now it's all very scripted. Uh, the ads come out, they pathfind, and then they shoot at us if we're within aggro reach. I mean, it's it's it doesn't feel it doesn't feel as responsive and as alive. There's just something different in those trailers. It feels something. There's something more organic about their movements, and it, there's more. There just seems like there's more independence, um, and that could literally be because of what we're reading right here, um, which wouldn't be like an engine change. But it would be a an experiential change and a technical update that that makes combat feel less scripted, more dynamic, more alive. Because we all know what it feels like to go into a strike or an area. You know exactly when the enemies come out, where they're going to stand, and what they're going to do. And this might make it a little more. Uh, your experience and my experience could be different depending on speed, damage, you know, location and position. Our, our experiences are largely unchanged over the years depending on what we run I mean obviously your loadout might be different than mine but the enemies themselves are almost they almost become static you know the, we they're there we know where they're going to be we know what they're going to do and I'm wondering and hoping that this would lead to more uh, more real time reactions and changes so that it's it's not a it's not such a because that's one of the reasons I feel like Destiny needed a lot of some technical updates and I've even argued for you know the engine updates because I think the game will start to feel dated if they don't make improvements which is why I think dynamic weather and quicker patches and updates 
and shrinking the install size and, and, and you know quicker response time for all this stuff is 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 a, is a good thing um and that's why I think this is just the beginning of a bigger conversation. Like, I, I don't feel like they're going to go into great detail about engine changes, but at some point, I think they're going to have to talk about updates they've made because I don't think everything can be accounted for with just a couple of script changes that they're listing here. No, for sure. I also, I'm, I'm kind of su- surprised, let's say, that they put the lighting changes on the EDZ and Nessus in there. It, it, it seems kind of thrown in there without any reason I, I don't i don't really understand why specifically only the edz and nessus they say they updated the lighting to to look more yeah to, to basically refresh the look mm-hmm. but um I, I just wonder like if this is a part of a bigger conversation why 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 throw this in there this is some some odd information don't you think it yeah, because they even make sure to specify year one destinations. So it's it, the two remaining destiny two, you know, year one. Because I'm thinking, what about Tangled Shore and Dreaming City? Um, but those aren't year one. And in in Bungie's estimation, were graphical decisions and lighting decisions made in year one restricted or more dumbed down? I mean, because. Tangled Shore and Dreaming City are very, very great-looking areas. Maybe they already have some level of of update that we didn't catch or notice because it's more subtle. But those, I, I do think Tangled Shore and Dreaming City are some of the more graphically strong areas in the game that have been added. And maybe EDZ and Nessus, again, we... <laughs> Until we see it, it's hard to know. You can't compare Nessus to the Dreaming City. The color palette's different. The structures are different. So there could be, you know, lighting improvements and lighting production changes that they made and we never noticed it. And now they're just combing back over and saying, yeah, these things are going to kind of fall behind and they're going to look, maybe they're going to look more dead or or muted. It's hard hard to tell, but I I agree with you. This was a weird throw-in. Like, yeah, just these two planets... Uh, you know, is this part of a larger thing they're doing with respect to Astacross's commentary about taking planets out and rebuilding them? Is is this is this part of that? Like, or are these planets not been rebuilt? And this is like just like a cosmetic brush. But then when planets get pulled out of the DCV, are they going to be updated and better and newer and have dynamic weather and things like that? I'd I'd be I'd actually be curious. Um, DMG is going to try and get some pictures before and after to show us the difference. Yeah, I mean, I figured they would do that just because if you're going to take all the time to do this and tell us about it, you know, show us the differences, you know? Yeah, it's, I mean, I can understand now why it's, you have to be so specific when talking about these things, right? Because I think we all agree that when we speak about engine updates, we, we, we mean like significant update to like the game and physics engines, right? that enable them to do bigger and, and larger stuff. Well, very technically speaking, the networking architecture that basically that they use to build missions, right, is part of the engine. Mm-hmm. So this change already could could be the reason of what's Astacross outlined that they took so much out of the game, right? Because they didn't want to to check all of the old year one and year one campaigns, right? right. Mm-hmm. For 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 these problems that they outlined in the TWAP. So but yeah, I, it's it's hard. I, I think we will notice it, but it's not like this engine update that we colloquially mean, right? When we talk about this, right? Well, and 
and I mean, Jay Stubbles has worked on games before, and he said, you know, the fact that AI scripts will now have instant access to entity events is pretty big. Being put into the same game stage as physics is a huge change. It should make things feel smoother. Um, and again, that's why I think maybe we've, I, at least I, I picked up on things in the trailer, and when I play, I th- I'm like, man, a lot of these enemies, they don't move like that. There's a rigidity to their movements, um, and maybe that's why that smoothness is happening. And I think you're right. I think automatically this necessitates some level of engine, you know, change or update. And there was that big long quote that somebody put in there that they they have no intentions of ever putting this game into another engine, but they do always do their best to update and make the engine run better or or be better or more advanced cuz, you know, he said they don't even consider the engine archaic. Um every engine he said, you know, have have has uh, pros and cons. So I wonder. Yeah. I don't. Re- I don't remember though if if this was a Bungie comment, but there was this. It, it, it's not that the engine was archaic. It it's that it was basically built for Halo, right? I mean, I understand they changed it everything, but they took Halo's engine, and which is a linear game, and build it to maybe they updated it all the, in all the ways necessary. But what what I, when I always criticize the engine. It was from an understanding that they never used one that was was you know constructed to do a massive open network uh, networked game, right? So, but maybe there's nothing better out there that better can also be a good reason, you know. <laughs> it's just the best that that it, that we got. Well, and I think what you just said might explain why why D one and some of these areas have always felt so scripted and so predictable because it basically is functioning like a mission um you know what i mean because if yeah, you play yeah. if you play through a single player mission that's what happens enemies spawn they have dedicated spawn points and then they they do certain things and that's the way vanilla d1 public spaces felt you always knew at an interval these 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 dregs are going to come running out and maybe that's why the game has always struggled to feel like a truly open world living game because it's 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 playing in a, in a in a linear single player sandbox to a certain degree so maybe these changes and maybe after five years of playing that's why i see a trailer and i'm like dude look at those shanks that's different something's different there or there's this new trailer now and the, the goblins are all on top of each other and there's so much independence and they're all looking in different directions and moving in in different ways right now they all kind of get on a line and just stare at you and slowly walk toward you um so th- this this is again another I think w- indication that the only way the game is going to change is if they find out new ways to make the combat not feel stale and flat. Um, and long term, I hope this pays dividends for difficulty spectrum. Like this enables them to create more unique challenges and pain points. Because right now, I, I just I continue to say they're just they're just taking one paintbrush and painting over existing things contest modifier negative you know negative modifiers huge delta and it's like well you didn't change anything about the game or the content or the enemies or the saturation none of it it just doesn't feel like it doesn't flow well uh it feels it feels forced and kind of ham ham fisted in and i'm hoping this will enable them to say well we can actually make grandmasters or nightfalls run in a way that doesn't feel so blunt object to the face there's more nuance and dynamics to it because we've given ourselves that flexibility and that freedom by shifting things to the physics host as opposed to 
because they, they if you think about it like that's what a nightfall is right it's all very scripted you go here guys come stand and once you stand long enough you can move to the next room and all of that is just predetermined and the enemies just kind of show up and this might make it to where because as they've said they've had to comb through pre-beyond light stuff to fix it because there's going to be bugs and stuff and I don't know I would hope that that would mean they could make end game content and difficulty less uh I don't know less less two dimensional yeah I also think there's a reason for example that were never like missions where you escort someone like a VIP or something right because that was never you were never able to match these these uh um bubbles or, or or hosts with with other people right the clients so now we could see potentially uh, completely different things that we do in missions right and so I mean I'm, I'm really looking forward to that and yeah. I'm, I'm glad I think all of these changes um I mean of course it's also easier for them to build content but I'm like pleasantly surprised it, it's hard for me to say that these changes are made because destiny is in maintenance mode that's the last comment I wanted to make like it's it's pretty obvious that they they care to make the game better and 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 i i think like i hope there's more coming even but this mm-hmm. is already showing that they really really are improving even ground level things right and they will continue hopefully in the years to come so maybe like in life or or, or witch queen we'll see even like another big change like this yeah yeah because they you know they say that this is uh this is something in Beyond Light. We're only launching the foundations of the system, and we look forward to evolving and leveraging it in the future. So this is, you know, this is phase one, and I agree with you. This isn't even that hype. There's nothing really that exciting about this. They're not. They're not trying to like hype us up. You know, this is this is more driven, I think, just by like technical passion. Same thing with the dynamic weather. I mean, nobody's going to order Beyond Light because of dynamic weather, but it's like there was a clear technical an artistic vision passion to say dude we can actually let's do storms man that'd be dope and let's make the sound design cool and that i think that pours out of what i've always said i sense is there is there's a drive and a vision that they have to make this game better and excellent and that's why i've continued to say i trust luke smith and i trust this direction because it doesn't feel driven by sort of generic hype like it used to we still get generic hype with trailers and stuff i think that's that's a given but more and more the information we have been getting and the things they've been saying it seems to be giving like a glimpse inside like this is what it's like at Bungie like they really do think this game can be better and amazing and they're making investments in those things so I agree I agree and but but that makes it even funnier like think about it so there's the sound guy or like the store the people from Europa Europa, right they Mm -hmm. sit down and think like oh man how can we make this 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 weather amazing or it sounds and somebody listens to what did they say seals or recording of seals in Antarctica? Yeah, and they, yeah. They like sounds and they put it in there and then you have the technical like the team is like okay we want to do missions crazier so uh, what can we do on the technical side to to eliminate some of the holes to make them more uh, yeah to, to make it more interesting to prevent the game and then the people who are responsible for the for the uh, pursuit weapon, they're just like, let's wrap a scarf around Beloved. You know what I mean? <laughs> that's that's what I'm saying. That's why I said that the solution seems lazy to me because I know, and I'm, I'm not, again, not I'm not cutting devils, but if just compared to the other stuff they do, I know they can do better than this, right? That was, yeah. yeah. Anyways, that's, that's, that's all for me. So thank you very much. Have okay. a good one. All right, man. Have a good day.
All right. We're going to Menacing Mommy. Got you unmuted. Uh, what did you want to talk about today? Um, well, I don't think it was touched on very much thus far, but I just wanted to talk about how they're changing the, the character face system. Mm -hmm. They talked about how they're doing, how they have a significantly more capable system of doing it. Um, and I'm just curious as to like what sort of changes are put in place for something like that um but i thought it was really nice to see that they're like you touched on before taking more care with the game mm -hmm. how you know they're reviewing their player models with their diversity and what looks to be like their hr groups um to kind of make sure they're they're tweaking them i guess to fit um to be more Diverse, like I, I don't really remember the character screens, but I thought there was a lot of variety already there. Um, but like I said, it's nice to see that they're they're going back over that and just uh, making sure that they're they're taking care with how they're representing different communities, I suppose. So I just wanted to get your thoughts on that. Yeah, I actually, uh, you know, I glossed over that. I didn't. I didn't notice that they did say they reviewed existing player models with our diversity committee and employee resource groups in the studio to make small tweaks to existing player heads. Yeah, I, it has been a very long time since I've messed around with what my player looks like, and so I wonder if because they're doing that for someone that wants their players, you know, head and face to be a projection or a representation of themselves, will they give us the ability to edit our characters? I kind of feel like they will need to uh, if they make these changes. Um, and then when, you know, you say they they do use that language here. We've upgraded to a significantly more capable system. What? Huh? Uh, and they said with uh, example given uh, runtime decal projection. Oh, okay, what's that? <laughs> like, what runtime decal projection? Like, does that have to do with more than just the character face? Does that have to do with the weapons and the armor? And um, and they say we hope to leverage for more player customization options in the future. So that again is just maybe more things we can do to the character uh, that they're leaving behind, or I'm sorry, they've upgraded to. Well, no, it, see, it, sound, it sounds to me like they've changed systems. We've upgraded to a significantly mm. more capable system, so I, I'm interested in that. Oh, excuse me. I'm interested in that because that maybe that's the groundwork for transmog. Maybe that's because that's going to be a database problem, right? You know, being able to turn any armor piece into a universal ornament. And maybe that's the system that they're moving toward because it gets a little it gets a little clunky right now when you go into some of the UI systems and screens to change mods and to change uh, ornaments. Um, so they said we're also building a list of guardian face shapes we should bring to the game in the future in order to increase guardian diversity in Destiny with a long term goal of enabling everyone to imagine themselves as their guardian. So that final sentence feels like a commitment that, that you will be able to change your appearance once they add these updates. It'd be a bit of a bummer to, you know, be you get your five-year, six-year guardian and you can't change your face appearance if you'd like. So I, I, would, I would imagine that means they're going to let you do that. So this, this is another one that felt like a weird tack-on. It's like, why are they talking about this? But again, if they're making internal technical updates, that's going to give us more freedom of customization. That has been something they've put more effort into with uh, finisher flourishes, ghost projections, um, and the changes they're making with our ghosts. 
so that we can use whatever ghost we want now. That's another form of customization, right? You're like, well, this is my favorite ghost. I can put the perks on it that I want. Uh, this is all in line with with requests we've made as players and as well as like their commitment has been to give you more control over what your what your guardian looks like. And I, it'll be interesting to see if more people take their helmets off in the tower. I very rarely see people in the tower with their helmet off. And this may change that, especially people ask, you know, are they going to start selling stuff in the Eververse, you know, for your character, you know, decals and hairstyles and stuff. Uh, And I think there's obviously a possibility there as well of that. Yeah, I definitely think this is the beginning of us being able to express ourselves more freely and be more unique, even though it doesn't seem like out the gate that we're going to be able to make any changes because it just says, you know, your guardian's face may look a bit different. Um, I just hope it's not a negative difference because I've already had to delete a character from D1 to D2 that didn't make the change very elegantly. Um, (laughs) So (laughs) I hope they don't change too drastically, but I think it's the beginning of something good. Yeah, yeah, I agree. And and that's all I had. <laughs> okay, well, no, that was good. I, I thanks for calling in because I, I like I said, I glossed over that. It, it's weird. It, everybody's different, so like certain things stand out to other people. So this one, this one, I kind of glossed over because I was hungry for like, did they change the engine? Like I'm just reading as fast as I could. So uh, thanks for calling in. I appreciate it. No problem. Have a good day. All right. Techno had to bail. Uh, Techno had to bail. So that's going to be it for call-ins today. But that was a good call-in session with Light Leap and uh, and Menacing Mommy. If you guys ever like, oh, that'd be cool to call in, jump on and discuss things and kind of bat the ball around. You do need to be a VIP. Uh, you can pick that through uh, Patreon. You can do that through the join button here on YouTube as well. And then we use the Discord for the calls. So if you're listening to this as a recording later... Uh, paid members can still get access to the individual uploads on YouTube or, or you can just watch them as the timestamps in the past broadcast. As always, you can catch me live at say no to rage.com and please like, share and subscribe.